Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I'm excited to have someone here. She is a repeat for a reason. She's got a nice following out there, and she has been so instrumental, not only in my life, but in the life of many professionals. And she's backed by popular demand. So here she is. <laughs> Here's Marta Morales, and she's from Keller Williams. And she's been there for over 11 years. And she's also a real estate professional for the past 17 years. Amigas, that's a shitload of time. That's like me, like me, over 20 years as an attorney. Christ, we've done it all, right, Marta? <laughs> Pretty much. And we've seen it all. The best and the worst. Yes. So, you know, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome back, Marta. I love your vibe. I love what you're doing now. And I'm so ready to share this with the rest of Amigas that are, they're in the, they're in the, um, the upstream of handling their shit. And I know this conversation is going to be amazing and beautiful and inspirational. So thank you. Thank you so much, Marta, for being here. Well, thank you, Jackie, for inviting me again. And it's a pleasure and, and it feels so wonderful to be here and sharing. I love to share and, you know, as, as much as I can to help anyone out there that might need or, you know, one word or two. Wow. I understood her and I'm, I'm there with her. And if that, I can do that, that'll make my day. I know, right? It's like, it's, you know, you can be plowing and doing it and doing it and like, there's, there'll be that one little, little moment mm -hmm. that drives a person's inspiration and, oh, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited because you have a lot of wisdom in the real estate professional field. And I know that um, what we really wanted to dig in that we didn't do before mm -hmm. was how do you even start as a real estate professional? Because I think People think that it's just, oh, you just apply and you just get in and you just do the test. But there's more to it, right? 
So yes, and then I want to say no. So it is taking a course. You have to do so many hours. You take your test in the class, you pass it, then you automatically can apply for taking a state test. You, te- you pass the state test and you're licensed. And it's, it's actually not that difficult. And that's really where the challenge starts. Uh, because you get licensed and you're like, okay, I got licensed. I got my paper. Let's go. And they never in class tell you, well, how do you start your business? And that's where the fun begins. And so number one, what you should do is really interview some offices, some companies that have a good support system for new agents. Because my experience when I started 17 years ago, I went to an office because a friend worked there, which was not a very good idea to a point because I didn't really do my homework. And I was there and they're like, okay, there's your desk. There's the phone and start making phone calls. Calling who? And I can I can actually empathize with that because it's like in law school they don't teach you any like me they teach you the law but they don't teach you how the heck you can get clients. Do they miraculous appear? Right. <laughs> exactly. So I I didn't have a you know I went full time into real estate so I really had to you know get my business going. So what I decided was I'm going to do an open house every weekend. And so I did them for years. I did them for, I don't know, five years, almost every weekend. I hardly would ever take a weekend off and it did pay off. You know, I I started getting my clients and I started selling. Of course, I started full time right when the recession hit, which was 2000. And well, it didn't start in 2007, but you could see the signs that it was going to happen. And so 2008 was very hard. I think I closed two transactions, not enough for my house payment. Well, that must have been a very scary time for you. It was very scary. Thank goodness I had uh, some money saved up. I, I will say I got into a little bit of debt. And then 2009 was a lot better. We had those programs. So it's, I would say from 2009, it's been, you know, going up a little bit every year. So I was able to go through 2007, 2008, really hard 2009. I will say this, you go through the worst in the beginning when it's good, it's easy. So, you know, it was really hard in the beginning because of just the news. Everybody was losing their home. Who's going to buy? It was just chaos. And I went through the chaos and it was okay. I was able to move forward. So what did you do to pivot? Because, you know, to change your strategy, did you change your strategy? Not really, because I started in the strategy of just no homes. Um, I'm sorry, no clients to buy and everybody's losing their home. And so I really started and I didn't really, that's how I started in the downfall. So really, really all I did was work, 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 work. Every open house, called every single person, helped them, you know, was very, very involved and just kept, I wouldn't say no to anybody, you know, Mm. you can... Can you help me sell a mobile home? Yes. <laughs> you make like peanuts, but okay. You know, anything. Can I buy a condo? Can I buy in Inland Empire? I didn't care. I just didn't say no to anything. Number one, of course, a paycheck. But number two was really where it's all at is learning. You know, I learned a lot in those beginning years from zero to, you know, 
whatever. Every transaction was a learning experience. And so that's where it's all at is going through the transactions. Right. With the transactions. Okay. So then you said something about learning. Okay. Cause I know since then it's been such a long time, but now we're in a different predicament, right? Like right. we're in, you were talking about 2008 and now we're in 2022. Lots has changed. So why don't you, can you give us a little bit, what has changed in the market? What you see moving forward? And so just to give you a little bit of perspective. So we're like right here. This is where we're at, 2007, 8, 9, and today. Okay, so just to give you a little perspective in my city uh, that I work in, which is in Whittier, in the, you know, the worst years, 2009, 2010, however, at any point you would look to see how many homes were for sale in Whittier, you were looking at anywhere between 750 to 800 homes. Anytime you ran the report, right? Last week, I ran the report in all of Whittier, five zip codes. There was 51. Whoa, whoa. Oh my God. Do you think that's like an increase in population or what is it? So everybody was losing their home. They couldn't afford it or, you know, whatever. So they just started selling, right? Selling or being forced to sell or being foreclosed, bank owns, the whole shebang, right? And so we cleared that up. We cleaned it up, you know, four or five years later, 2012 was the bottom. Then from there we went up, right? So we've been going up since then until today. And so what really happened was not necessarily a growth of population, but more of, I want to say, doing things right. We did those things wrong back then, which was, so I'm a plumber and I make X amount. Okay. Well, you're not at top pay, but plumbers normally make this amount. So we're going to say you make that amount. So that was part of the thing. It was a lot of fraud. And so people that were buying really shouldn't have been buying, you know, so that was a big part. And then those programs with you come in with no money, you know, so People could pay their house, you know, but they're like, why should I pay for my house when it's worth $200,000 less? Well, why should I? So they let it go. They could pay. They decided not to. So you have a fraud and then you have people thinking, well, why am I going to pay for a house that's not worth it? Forget it and and giving up. And so those factors, you know, they just really uh, damaged our market. And so now here we are you know, wanting to buy. Now we're doing things right, you know, which is you're going to buy the house that you can afford based on your income. And so now it's more real. The other thing is in California, we're supposed to build so many homes a year to accommodate families, right? And so when the recession hit, those homes completely stopped for, I want to say, five years or, or more. So no new homes were being built. And so now you're seeing these companies catching up with the population growth. So yes, part of it was population growth. Part of it is just the economics, but also no builders. We Builders stopped building and we're supposed to build so many houses a year to accommodate the families and they weren't being that wasn't happening. And so now we come into the, you know, homes going up and people buying, we don't have enough homes for all those people that want to buy. Ah, so there was a lot of factors. Right, right. Yeah, no, that, well, 
you actually are educating me with this one because I had no idea that there was like a, a California law that said that we need X amount of houses for families within a year. Yeah, it's but, not, not a law, but it's economics. It's economics based on, pop, you know, we do a census every 10 years, right? So we right. know, right? 2000 and, and 2000, 2010, 2020, how much it's growing. So you already know. And that's what we weren't able to. California couldn't because of the recession. Yeah. And now we have this pandemic, right? And now we have the pandemic, <laughs> which people started thinking, so if I'm going to work from home, then I want to work from home in a home that I really want to be in, right? Probably. I've been saying I need another bedroom or I need an office or I need a bigger backyard. I've been saying that and now I'm going to do it. The other thing is, which is pushing as well, the, the growth of new homes is, well, if I'm going to work from home, what does it matter where I live? So I'm going to move to Victorville. That's more affordable, new home, affordable because I'm working from home. I don't need to drive an hour to get to my job. And so that's been another big boom in housing as well. Yeah, I can imagine because now that hour of commute that you used to do or whatever, even two hours, because there's been people that travel oh, that yeah. far to get to downtown or what, or the West side. Now they can use those hours to actually work mm-hmm. or actually work out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And enjoy their home. You know, you have a beautiful pool and you have a beautiful gym at your home or you have a beautiful yard. And, and before, like you said, you know, I would, I would have to go to downtown and it would take me from Ontario an hour or from wherever an hour, an hour and a half to get there and then two hours to get home. Now I start at eight, right at eight, do my job, turn off at five and I can enjoy my walk. I can enjoy my kids. And so the work behavior has changed dramatically because of COVID allowing people to work from home. Right, right. One of the pluses that I say. Like this I say is, that. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a plus because now we get to design the work environment that you want, right? Versus the owner of the company designing it for you. Correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, this is great. And so... Now that we're all working from home and not meeting one another as much as we used to, what have you done to change the trajectory of your business? That was a big adaptation for sure. So for sure, I started Zooming my presentations um, because we couldn't meet. Um, In the beginning, we weren't even allowed to meet people in the office at all. Our office closed because of just the law. That was the the law of California said you couldn't meet in, indoors unless you were, you had to like markets and stores and all that. So I couldn't even meet my clients in my office. So we had to zoom our appointments and, you know, you have to react right away. So if this is the way it is. And this is the way we have to do business. And, you know, in the beginning, of course, it's like weird, it's uncomfortable. Now it's like no problem. So I continue to zoom my appointments. The other thing that I really focused on in COVID was really focused on my clients. And I spent two months just making sure they were okay. Did they need anything from me? Because I wanted to have that communication because everybody went 
insular, I guess, inside themselves, right? Okay, I can't leave the house. I can't go anywhere. And they became isolated in their, in their own environment. And so I wanted to reach out to them and make sure that we still have this line of communication that if you need anything from me, then, you know, let's talk. We can Zoom, we can FaceTime or just plain old talk on the phone to still move forward. And I did that for about a good two months, which had nothing to do with real estate. And that really was important to them. And it was really important to me because I wanted to make sure everybody was okay. Yeah, yeah. And and talk about customer service. I mean, that's excellent customer service because you're not asking anything of your customer. You're just there to support and serve. And that was the goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think oftentimes salesmen and saleswomen They're all about, okay, I got to get that deal. I got to get that deal. I got to get that deal without really treating the person as a human being with emotions and feelings, right? And so, oh, I love that what you did. You pivoted in a way that was safe. You, You created a safe container for your client, which is something that I oftentimes people don't do, you know, because their top of mind is like, I need a sell. I need a sell. And And, you know, without really putting the emotions behind it, because these are human beings who are going through some real serious stuff. Right, right. They wanted to say what they wanted to say. Yeah. You know, gave them that opportunity when I don't know if they had it or not. You know, my cousin's sick or no one or we're not sick or, you know, whatever the conversation was, it was top of conversation was what was happening for sure. Right, 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 right. And, you know, we all want to talk. <laughs> we all want to, I believe, oftentimes our voice gets silenced because there's so much chatter. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you allowed them to talk with you and just free flow, I think that just put a little points in the God scale of like, way to go, Marta, way to go. <laughs> and I love that. Wow. So, you created these safe containers for, for your clients to speak with you. Now, you also, from looking at your bio, is that you also created, um, was it Life life Fairs? Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. What is that? Sure. So you start off, like I had told you, I start off and, you know, I'm working every weekend. I say no to nothing. And I'm working really hard to get my, start my business, right? And that's how you start. At least that's how I started. So I did that for about a good gosh, I want to say 10 years without really looking up, just kept going, going and going. And then about 10 years, I want to say maybe 11 to 12 years later, I'm like, okay, so I've helped my clients buy their house, sell their house, what they needed from me. What about everything else though? And so I started to reach out to my friends and other businesses and saying, you know, can you teach me a little bit more about a living trust or what life insurance does or what a reverse mortgage is, et cetera, et cetera. And so I started doing one a month, inviting these speakers. And then I stopped for a little bit. And then I thought, you know, I kind of want to bring it back, but I don't want to do it just one at a time. I want to do everybody so we can get as much information in one opportunity. So I start, so I start, well, what is this about? It's really about your life. So instead of a book fair, it's a life fair. And so I invited all the professionals. I would invite them. 
and we would do them every 90 days or so. They'd come to my office and they speak for five minutes, an introduction of what they do. And then after the meeting, go ahead and meet with them one-to-one and ask your questions because there's so much things out there. I say, I always say this in the United States, we have all these things that can help us and we don't have enough information about them. And I'm going to tell you a little quick story why it really came to my heart for reals. When my dad passed, he had everything and he didn't. And so my mom struggled a little bit on certain things. He didn't have life insurance, which I wish he would have. He could have helped. She could have been more secure with money because in you know when these things happen you're like going crazy and it's just a lot of stuff that you have to do so I wish he would have left her a little bit of something that she could have transitioned and then the services and stuff they weren't really ready to go and so it was very chaotic for many months had someone told them do this do this do this and then it would have been a I don't want to say easy it's still difficult but economically, financially, it would have been, we wouldn't have had to worry so much. And let's just, let's just move forward with the other stuff. And that's when I said, I really want people to be ready. So it's protection, planning, all that stuff at one time. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it's so important. I used to do these, like you said, fairs with estate planning and a lot of them with Latinos. And it was very interesting to me that a lot of them didn't even know what that meant. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this is something, if you buy an asset, you better have a living trust. You shouldn't be, you know, it's like, come on. <laughs> like I'm working on my living trust and it's essential. I mean, my family's had it forever. And I think it's one of the most important piece of documents mm-hmm. that you need because it's essential when you're about to transition into out of this world, right? And kids have no idea how to navigate unless there's something written down. Correct. Right? And then you can avoid the fights. If you have a lot of children, well, why is he getting that? And why is she getting that? And so it really avoids a lot of things if you put your your writing, your wishes into a trust and your will and all the durable powers of attorneys that are required in order to facilitate a transaction to avoid probate. So I just said a mouthful there. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, and it's more too, you know, it's retirement. Are you planning for retirement? You know, you're not going to work forever. We can't expect social security to be there for us. I mean, it's so much stuff. And so it's just knowledge and education and I love holding them. Yeah. I love that you hold space for them because it's, it's a very important thing. And yeah, when you buy a house, you buy a lot of things, you know? And so what a better way than to find out by hosting these professionals at your business so that they can talk about what they're really good at and how they can help your client moving Mm -hmm. forward. I think that's really, really cool and really important. So we're talking about life there. And you were also mentioning to me that you're bringing more new agents into your company. Give us a little preview of what that means and what do you do as a mentor? Yes. So again, here I am now. It's been uh, 
16 years and I get to this, you know, so you go through roads in your business or in your career and then things come up and you're like, okay, let me, let me add, let me change. Let me, you know, adapt. So now I'm here 16 years. I started thinking about it. Okay. I do. I, is this where the path I want to continue to selling and buying, selling and buying. And so earlier this year, I said, you know, I kind of want to help more agents so they don't go through with what I went through in the beginning, which is just, like I said, here's your phone, here's your desk, start making calls. I mean, there's so many, (laughs) there's so many (laughs) things that I can help you that you don't have to do that or struggle so much. Right. And so I became part of my office, more involved in the office. So I'm still doing my business, but now I'm helping my office bring agents into our office with the proper tools. So when they start, they have a guide. And I love mentoring young agents or or whatever age, because <laughs> they come at any age. But in the beginning, you know, this is how we set up your database. We need to set time. Let's schedule your day on what you're going to be doing from this time to this time, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all these things that, like I said, I didn't have any organization at all. It was just fly by night, do whatever is happening. And so you could be more productive and you can reach your goals faster and more, you know, more planned. You you know what's going to happen. I always say, whatever you do today, you're going to see the results in 90 days. So if you already know that, then you can plan your year. You can plan your year and where you're going to get paid potentially. Right. And so that was one of the things that came into my thoughts. And then the other one is I'm looking to open up a satellite office in another area to, again, help more agents grow their business. So more of a management mentor position that I'm growing into. Right, 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 right. Because I mean, let them do the work. You're already at this level. You're like, all right, I'll mentor you. You guys do the work. That's where I'm at. I'm like, well, you guys handle it. I'm going to be here. My podcast. (laughs) So I, I totally get it. I get it. There's a time in your professional career where it's like, I already did the work. I feel like not that I'm owed, but I'm in a position now where I can help you. Right you know, versus like hustling because, you know, those days are over. And plus our bodies, as we get older, our bodies get a little weaker. (laughs) (laughs) Correct, correct. Right? The young ones, they have all the energy in the world. But, you know, little us um, amazing Latinas, we actually can relax now, right? Right, right, right. So I'm I'm so glad that you're doing that. And then also I see you be more visible online. <laughs> I want to talk about that because here's the thing, amigas out there who are professionals. You don't know how much you're missing out when you don't become vulnerable online. And I'll tell you why. The reason is, is because the algorithms love seeing you do lives. And when you're a real estate professional or any professional, it's important for you to come out and speak vulnerable and to speak from your heart and not a like a just a stale video. So 
I'm so enjoying what's going on with you, Marta. I'm like, I applaud you. So she's been on Instagram doing these lives and I'm like loving it. So tell us, Marta, walk us through what you've done, what you've changed because you need to get ahead of the market. Oh my gosh, you're so right about that. So let's let's do backwards again. So I start off hustling, like you said, and you know, you asked me how did I adapt? And so, you know, working hard and then and then, you know, the next level, which is my life fair, because I'm out there, I want to help the community. Okay, so in real estate, in sales, or whenever you're doing your own business, you have to be knowledgeable on what's happening. And yes, social media has been around a while. I was not the most involved person in social media. I will say that. And so I had that in the back of my mind. And I was on a panel and this uh, person said, you know, I do X amount of deals, which was pretty good. And all through social media. And I'm like, wow, all through social media. I was like, you know what? For 2022, I'm going to invest in social media, which is what I've done. And I put it out there because I'm all about energy. I just, you know, positive energy or whatever you want, say it and it's going to happen. I told a friend of mine and she connected me with my social media person. I met with her, loved her. And we've been doing it now for three weeks. And every day something is on my social media different. (laughs) Yeah. And I will tell you, you're absolutely right. You do feel very vulnerable. It is not my comfort zone. And yet I, you got to push through it. The end result is, is fun. And I, I like seeing it while I'm doing it. I'm like, Oh, oh really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of makes, probably makes you feel like that first time real estate broker when, when you were in your, in the beginning stages of real estate. Oh, for sure. Right? It throws you back to that, like vibe, that energy of fear, like, Oh my God, what are people going to think? Right. Holy moly. Right. Because now you're talking to a screen, you're looking at the camera, and your but your mind is going crazy. Like, what? Who do I think I am? You know. And those are very valid points. But the beauty of it is that when you're vulnerable, people want to see that. You know, they want to see that. Hey, not everything is all like you know peachy and roses. But, you know, I get to see Martha do her thing and yeah, she messes up. But I love that because she's human. Right. So I love I'm loving them. I'm loving it. And I love that she's (laughs) she's getting to it. Well, you know, again, we have to adapt. We have to know what's in today if we want to be successful tomorrow. And that's what happens uh, when you don't adapt. Then your business gets a little slow And, you know, you have to know what's going on and try to stay in it for your business to continue to grow and move forward. You know, people want what they want and we need to know what they want. Yeah. Yeah. When you're doing your own thing, you got to know what's out there and what's happening. Right. Right. I mean, that's it. It's so easy for us to just stick in the corner and not really be visible out there, but it takes really guts to be visible. You know, I'm a little older. I always say that. And so for me, this is a big, you know, big gutsy move. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, I know the young people are like, you know, they're always on their phone and doing their stuff. And that's just, yeah. so for me, it's been 
fun. I'm not going to say it hasn't. And then at the same time, very challenging, very challenging. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm so appreciative of you making this move because I love doing lives. I do them all the time. And I I see. (laughs) (laughs) I see that. (laughs) I have so much content. I'm like, oh my God, what am I? I need to get paid. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's so important. I think that when I started being more involved way before the pandemic, I already was doing Zoom calls. I was already doing all these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when the pandemic hit, people were looking at me like, hey, how do you do that? Can you show me? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sure, not a problem. I can show you how to do this stuff. But, you know, sometimes I think people are just like resistant to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And, you know, resistance, whatever you resist, persists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Let's try to change and grow. Correct. Right. 100%. What is the saying? If you're not growing, you're dying. Is that the saying? I forget. But it's the, it's the truth. If you're, not, if you're not moving forward, you're standing still. And you have to adapt and move forward because you learn. You might even have fun. So why not try it? Right, right. And who cares what people say? You know, if you're not doing it, The theory is that you got to have one, at least one hater, because that's a sign that you're doing a great job. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone's going to judge, right? Right. And we shouldn't take that person because that's that person's perspective with full, with their energy, with their vibration has nothing to do with us. Right. But when you do get that negative, you're like, I'm doing a great job. <laughs> well, that's good too. I, I'm gonna have to think. I'm gonna have to take you take that thought uh, from you, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true because when you're doing really well, then the haters start coming out. True, true. So, and that's that's a sign. I'm doing it. I'm freaking doing. That is it. <laughs> actually you're right. That's a right? great way of looking at it. You're right. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Thank you. I love that comment. It's just gonna make me feel better. Make me progress and move up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Always Mm -hmm. flip it on its head. Gratitude. Like, yes, I appreciate that because now I know, and I can do better. I know I can do better. Right. Ah, I'm excited Martha for you and doing these new things for your business. Now, as we're, you know, ending our conversation here, I always ask my amigas if they could give us one or two tips on how they can handle their shit. What do you say? Oh, thank you for asking. So one of the things that I try really hard is like what you just said, don't take things personal and really, really work on looking at the other person's uh, point of view, because why uh, they're saying something that you're like, uh, maybe not liking. And you know what? Think about what they're saying and why they're saying it. And like you said, it's not really about me. It's maybe about them. And so they're just reacting to whatever situation. And so I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Everybody has a right to have a bad day. And so one of that's, you know, I really try to not go down that road. You know, you're you're a little upset. Then I will try to see it on your side. We're still friends. And maybe I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so don't, don't, you know, don't just dwell on that. And so that makes your life easier and you stay friends with everyone. And so that would be one of the things. And then also 
The other thing that is always part of my life is always thinking positive and always being grateful for every single day in my life. If I meet someone new, awesome. If I reconnected with someone else, awesome. And even sometimes things that don't go your way, like you said, sometimes things don't go your way for a reason. And I always try to say, you know what, this is happening to me. Why? And because I need to learn from this. I need to focus on what am I going to learn from this incident that will help me in the future. And so just try to really be in the moment and not, I mean, we all have our days like, oh my God, you know, why is this happening? And give yourself a few seconds, but now, okay, why is this happening? And what am I going to learn from it? Yeah, absolutely. Why is this happening? I always say for me, not to me, because for me is more, it's not victim mentality. To mm-hmm. me means like, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm a victim. But for me, I'm like, okay, well, this is a learning, learning time. This is a learning um, situation. So what do I get to learn mm-hmm. from this? Because thing, but if, yeah, but if you want to, if you ever want to do into real estate, I will say this, just be open and be an open sponge because you're going to learn a lot. And so just be open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being here on Amiga Handle Your Shit. I I love this conversation and I know a lot of Amigas out there are going to appreciate it even more because you are a veteran real estate professional and you've taken us from beginning to end. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me, Jackie. I really appreciate it. And, you know, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, my love. See you soon. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, You can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.